0: everyone i'm comma and you can find me at grammar saves lives on tumblr and i'm joined by lot
2: hello i'm lot lady of Parth, hyphen post on tumblr
0: and chicky hey i am chicky chick on tumblr and guile
1: hi i'm
3: guile guile and subterfuge
1: on tumblr
0: and our special guest dramas hi
3: i'm dramas and you can find me i heart dramas on tumblr Okay, so the obligatory spoiler warnings.
0: Uh, It's possible we'll be spoiling show and books. And although, actually, I think it is going to come up, uh, we may have discussion on rape as well as violence. So if those are triggers for you, you may want to check out now. So welcome to our very special episode on our favorite dysfunctional clan, House Lannister. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Woohoo!
0: Um... So we got a lot of great questions um, and we've got a lot of discussion points. I actually think we could talk about House Lannister for hopefully a very long time. Um, I thought it might be interesting to start out looking at them kind of as a unit, as a whole, as a house. Um and and then we could sort of focus in on different aspects of um family relations and dynamics and stuff like that. Um awesome. I, I yeah, I, I mean, think if you oh, sorry. <laughs>
2: oh, as I was say, I think we can all agree they're the most interesting family in Westeros. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> they're up there.
2: I why so I love them. They're they're just, I don't know, entertaining. Beautiful entertaining people. They're like a
5: soap opera. <laughs> They
1: are actually.
5: Some of them are beautiful.
1: Well, ah, come on. Poor Tyrion. I had to say
5: it. Hey, Tywin's <laughs> not that hot either. Not book Tywin, anyway. I feel like yeah. young Tywin
3: was probably hot. I saw like um. Hot? And did you see the picture in in the world of ice and fire? Young Tywin was hot.
2: I'll actually crack that book
3: you open. yes he oh, is did. good, life,
5: but.
2: Cleos isn't good looking. He's more no, Frey right. than Lannister. Yeah, he's fray. not good looking. Oh, okay,
5: he's more Frey than
2: Lannister. Hey, you leave the Freys alone. They're Weasley sons of
5: bitches. <laughs> oh, dramas, dramas is going to throw down with you a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, you know it's funny because I was thinking about all the families in in the well the major ones, and they're all they all have some level of dysfunction. Even the Starks. I mean you can look at this dysfunction in a lot of different ways, but it's kind of interesting, especially in the first book, because um, House Lannister actually seems, if you ignore the seamy underbelly of their family, I mean, they work pretty <laughs> well as a political team. Um, I think they function pretty well as an entity. Well, they have a really strong sense of
5: clan. I guess you could say there's, there's very much a sense of belonging, it seems like, with the Lannisters. It's it's like, um, I don't know, I'll go ahead and go American with it and say it's a little bit like our Kennedy family. Something along those lines where they kind of stick together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think they've got, I mean, even Cersei functions. And you could see, I mean, she's got all her family in there. She's promoting them. They're marrying up whoever they can. You and, know.
2: Yeah, I guess. And things really start going south. Them when they stop performing as a, yes. as a, a unit.
4: Now,
3: some of mean,
5: them are a little bit too much of a unit. So
0: well, yes, there's that. But I mean, even look at the way they behave the minute that Tyrion is kidnapped. I mean, they're, you know, Cersei doesn't like him, but you know, they're they're acting like. You know, okay, kind of like protecting
5: wanna... the family brand, like they, yeah, they yeah. their name is important and they have to protect that immediately. I think the only one who actually really cares a ton about Tyrion is Jamie. i um, maybe some of his uncles too, but um, yeah, it's very much about, well, we just can't let this happen to a Lannister when Tyrion is kidnapped,
0: right? Um, we got an interesting. Long question from an uh, an Anon. Actually, we got a lot of questions from Anons. But uh, this one was, um, I think it fits up here. Um, Because they're talking, um, well, a few episodes ago, one of you commented on how Elena is basically Tywin with some capacity for empathy. Which I'm not really sure i agree on that uh and i was wondering if any if you have any thoughts on the influence that has that has on the rest of the family tywin and elena were given pretty much the same thing to work with when it comes to descendants beautiful girl with queenly aspirations pretty and smug boy who's really great at fighting intellectual heir who was despised by outsiders due to a physical disability never really thought about that but that's true um But the Tyrells seem to be really united. Obviously, we have no Tyrell POV, but at the very least, they presented a a united front to the world. Compare Marjorie telling Sansa about Willis to Cersei talking about Tyrion. And that makes them, uh, I believe she means the Tyrells, capable of pulling jobs off like Joff's death. The Lannisters could never have carried through an assassination like that as a team. So I guess my question is, since the family disunity is the Lannisters' big weakness, if Tywin was more like Lena, or maybe if Joanna had lived, how do you think that might have affected the interactions between their children and grandchildren? And would that have resulted in a better hold on their political power? Oh, and hmm. oh my God, I apologize for how long this is. Oh, and Happy New Year. So, thank uh, you. Happy <laughs> New
2: Year to you, too. Who was
0: that from? Uh, it's in an uh, an uh, anon. Anon, okay. Seriously, awesome anon though. Wow, it's right. Really cool. I mean, like I guess I quibble a little bit with
5: the basis of that yeah. th- of that question because to me, I mean, well, yes, some of the Tyrells very much function as a unit. When you're talking about Elena, actually, her children seem to have been kind of a write off to her, and she has mm-hmm. skipped to the next generation because you know she can't keep Mace in control. He's he's doing things she doesn't want all the time. And she, so she I, I don't know that she's much more all successful time. than Thailand, Yeah. in in front of outsiders (laughs) oh yeah yeah well Uh, at least in front of sansa
3: and also i was thinking with the whole assassination thing wouldn't assassinating king robert count as a
1: an assassination
3: that they got away with and that was done very much as a team too yes lancel and the pages and and cersei (laughs) Hunting <laughs> well. Team Lannister, what
0: a winning combo.
3: <laughs> well, when well,
5: well, I mean, and- we talk about the Joffrey assassination, it's probably two or three Tyrells tops. So I think the Lannisters do just about as well in small numbers like that.
0: Well, and um Robert's other squire is the one who goes missing. Um Tyrell uh, Yep. Um so who knows if he would have been involved in this um this plot either uh,
2: i think the biggest quibbles for me in this um kind of this argument about the uh tyrells being more of a team family than um the lannisters there's i think the tyrells have one common goal in mind and that is to get on the throne whereas the lannisters are really split i mean this reading the cersei chapters lately it's it's easy to see like tear, cersei is tearing the lannisters apart from the inside out It's all about her self-interest. So I don't know. I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with Tywin being more like Olenna.
3: I mean, I think Tywin was very, what he did well was he would look at what he's working with. And then he'd give, it was almost like he gave people jobs within the family depending on their strengths. Mm -hmm. In a way, so that they would get the most out of the person you know well
0: and we we have no uh insight into the Tyrells, which the question points out so it's sort of like looking at cersei and until you get into her head you really don't know what the hell's going on there i mean i was gonna
2: say the other person we don't know a whole lot about is joanna which was also brought up in this message like it feels like a lot has been invented about Joanna off of really no basis of anything.
0: <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree there's, with you. <laughs> there's hints there. I, I I think it's a lot to... There's stuff you can speculate and make, I think, pretty logical leaps about stuff that would have probably happened had she survived. Um, And then there's stuff where we're really going... Really far down the, the pike. Like, she's I a, mean, like in most things that I see, and keep
2: in mind, all my sources are on Tumblr, but <laughs> most of what I see is that she's this like angel and that's like kind of calm Tywin with and like made oh, him a not, better man. That's totally I, what you see, right? You're not following no, the right
3: people at all. Yeah, because <laughs> I see uh, most of the people I follow think that she was uh, smart, savvy, um, and that she was actually. Almost like a partner in crime with Tywin. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, she was one of uh, Rayella's ladies in waiting, so I mean, she did have the connections to other influential women. And wasn't
1: she good friends with Elia and Oberyn's mom too? Mm
0: Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think it's logical that if I could make the the leap that if she had survived that cersei would have probably i mean that the betrothals she had set up might have actually happened i think that that was where that was leading and i also think i mean she had already figured out that her kids needed to be separated there and i i think she would have put a stop to that but i don't know i i can only make so many there's that's it's you know we're talking about a 20 30 year period here there's way too much Going on to say what would have happened if she'd survived, you know, in the the yeah. time of the actual show. I mean, show. the biggest
3: well, the biggest difference I think would have been in Tyrion's life if she had survived. Maybe, <laughs> likely.
0: Yeah,
5: I mean, you you kind of tend to think that probably you know his his life would have been different, but it's. I just find it really difficult to speculate about Joanna. What we do know is that yeah, clearly she had some political connections, but she also had some really big political problems, as we learned, in the world of Ice and Fire as well. Yeah. Um, she was basically banished from court and things. So, um, you know, it, it's it's tough. I, I've read a bajillion headcanons, kind of like a lot, and they run the gamut. Um and, you know, the, the truth is we're we're never going to know unless we get a flashback or we get more information from someone who, who is in a position to really fill us in is probably what we need is a peer of hers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly you can say that the family dynamic would have been different. But, I mean, you know, she wasn't there. So it really doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter I, what would have happened. I like to speculate. And I think, eh. but I can't. I can make certain leaps based on what we know of A, B, and C, and I can get maybe to D, E, and F, but I can't get all the way down to Z. There's no way. I mean, how can we know how things would have shaken out, you know, two decades later? True.
4: But mm-hmm.
0: but it's a great question. I really like the comparison to the Tyrells. I think there are a lot of interesting parallels there. Um. There, there, definitely is a similar structure in a way. I, I can see how they find the, the
5: analog between between Ty, Tywin and Elena. Yes, but I um, mean, you know, there, there are also differences there in that, you know, Tywin is an overt power in his family. He actually holds all of the absolute power. Whereas Elena's power is just power that she's taken, and it's not necessarily her official power um and so there's i don't know I, th- I think that you have to give a little bit more of a nod to elena in that way as well because she just doesn't have the same tools in her belt that tywin has and yet she manages to achieve much
2: hey, the same effect. i agree <laughs> <laughs>
0: um we got another question uh this one is from Gatto. uh Gatto mischief hiya ladies just popping in how different if at all do you think the lannister family would have turned out had they not been wealthy from the start in other words, instead of being from Casterly Rock, literally on top of a gold mine, say they had come from a mid-class region. Would Tywin still have been made Hand of the King? Looking forward to this podcast cast, you guys are killing it.
1: Gosh, I mean, I sort of think Tywin is like a, a slightly more upwardly mobile little finger at that point. I mean, I, don't, I think he's <laughs> still Hand of the King. I think he might yeah. even have an easier time being hand of the king because he wouldn't have a power base behind him, so he'd be more likely to get to get that honor.
2: Yeah, from all accounts, he was a, just this formidable force, right? I mean,
0: he was a good
5: administrator. It sounds like,
0: and he like did he be, actually yeah.
2: build himself up, right? The reputation of yeah. the Lannisters were quite low.
5: Well, and very from a very young age, and and yeah, that's that's exactly it. I mean, the Lannisters actually weren't what they are at, at the present moment in A Song of Ice and Fire when. Tywin took over and even before he took over from a very young age he was working to reshape kind of the the Lannister legacy and so yeah I absolutely think he would have made probably almost as big a splash from almost any noble family in Westeros
0: okay anything else on that or
5: I mean everyone else in the Lannister family becomes more of a question mark if they're from a smaller house but Tywin Tywin would be the breakout I think (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) They all end up being middle managers. So- no, um.
5: <laughs> I mean... Can't hold Tywin down. I mean, I guess Jamie <laughs> probably would have still been just as good a swordsman, so maybe Jamie would have popped out. Cersei would have been as hot. That might have been notable. That would have
0: been helpful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, money... And Tyrion and
2: would have been just as smart. And isn't that why we love the Lannisters, in a way? <laughs> they got more than their
0: name. They got a lot going on for them. They do. Um... Actually, I was going to talk about something else, but I'm thinking I might skip ahead since we we did bring up Tywin and we did bring up his sort of start um, because one of the the best parts of House Lannister and the thing that also is like their Achilles heel, I think is, I mean, (sighs) the sense of legacy that they are, particularly the older generation, was so um, influenced heavily by what, their father was or was not um by titos that you know the house rain how um the castamere i mean all that stuff how they the tarbacks what they all went through the whole reason jenna is even married to a fray is because her father was this weak guy So maybe we talk a little bit about legacy here and and what that meant for the Lannisters.
1: I think it's kind of funny that that Tywin is so obsessed with legacy, given that, you know, again, the world of ice and fire kind of illuminates Lannister family history. And it's not this like long, unbroken line of strong leaders until, you know, weak titles. It's like the fifth son ended up being the you know, lording over the castle and, you know, so his grandma disappeared. (laughs) It's Just, like, all this random, like, weird stuff that happened. It's not like they have this, like, long, glorious line. It's really, like, they're kind of a nutty family from the beginning. But, I mean, that
0: can make... It's sort of like that whole thing and if you've ever read like, English novels, like, let's say, 19th century English novels, how they're they look down on a family because they've got this sort of shitty history. They're in trade or whatever, and they're trying to build it up into something else.
1: Or like I, you Tywin know. does with the Westerlings. I mean, that's you're you're describing Tywin exactly with you know, Sybil Spicer.
0: Yeah, they 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 want to disguise the fact of who they are. The obsession with re, you know regaining that that damn sword. Um, which, of course, is not his obsession, but he wants a Valyrian steel sword because that is... seems to be that
1: that's cachet. That means you're... You I know. mean, they're kind of new money, aren't they? That's what he's no. at. No, no way. but,
0: like, <laughs> compared say to, say, no, like, the money. Starks or, I mean, people who have been around for thousands um, and thousands of
3: years... Also, their house started kind of, uh, like, the Land the Clever was, like, this trickster... He didn't win his noble title and his prize and uh Casterly rock through like combat or right of, you know, you know, shedding blood or anything. He kind of did it, you know, on the down low like using tricks and stuff. Like Taiwan's what, trying
1: to rewrite history. And Is he's trying, yeah. yeah,
3: he's trying to make it seem like, you know,
4: and they have not- this
3: history that, you know, they they just can't. They can't compare to like the Starks with like the Kings of Winter. And like uh the targs with the fire and blood and dragons and I don't know.
5: I I got I've gotta argue a little bit here. I think if you look at the history of the Lannisters, I mean, yes, Land the Clever was a trickster, but number one, I've never heard a Lannister be less than proud of Land the Clever. I think they think that he was great because he managed to trick <laughs> to trick the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock. But Um, their history is actually just as long as the Starks and everybody else's. They've actually been, you know, a House Paramount or they were kings in their own right in the Westerlands for just as long as anybody. And not only that, but they've been sitting on those gold mines for generations upon generations and in fact, they were part of the prophecy of the doom of Valyria, the Lannisters were. So, I mean, while I think the the reputation of the family had fallen um, to an extent, they were still a House Paramount, they were still a big deal in Westeros. It was just Taito seems to have just let it get to a really low point. And I think what you see from from Tywin is kind of that, you know, um, that thing of, you know, I'm, I'm not being treated with the respect that I should be it must be how he felt when he was young. He's like, we should be respected more than we are. And he seems to have kind of clawed, clawed the Lannisters back up to where he thought that they should be. I don't know that he has necessarily brought them to a place that they've never been before, though, because, I mean, they were kings in their own right in the Westerlands. They were a pretty big deal.
0: But at the same time, I would argue that if it just takes one guy to kind of scuttle all of that, you know, that that's got to be a, a real fear that Tywin would have, that it's a precarious thing. You can have all those hundreds and thousands of years of legacy and history, and it just takes one week to send an end, that he is obsessed with maintaining that.
1: So why oh yeah, the hell he, he would definitely he? Definitely is. So here's my question then: is why in the hell would would he go along with this farce that Tyrion killed Joffrey? So he's got a family of two Kingslayers when he knows Tyrion didn't do it.
0: I don't know. I think he lost his mind at that point. That's all I got.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense. Unless he,
2: you go with that whole theory. I mean, there's like always he been an element. His son. I
0: think if if well,
1: if Highwood legit there, though. thought
0: that that was not his child, he would have killed that boy.
1: No, I mean, I mean, why? I why that. in the world did he go along with this farce of Tyrion having killed Joff? Like he knows that. You know what happen. my theory is there, Guile though, and this is
5: something I think people don't always take into account when they look at the situation there, the political situation you look at Cersei and you think Cersei does whatever Tywin wants Cersei's under Tywin's thumb and in many ways the show has reinforced that kind of concept or maybe even created it I don't know that it existed from a, a book only perspective in the books if you just take the books as the books Cersei is the queen regent the whole time that the the mess is going on with with Joffrey being killed and the trial with Tyrion and Yes, Tywin is the hand, and yes, he is Cersei's father, so she is kind of trained to do what he wants, and he definitely does hold the purse strings for her to an extent at that point. But she's the Queen Regent. What can he do? Can he go against her when she is so clearly trying to get rid of Tyrion? I honestly think, and I realize that this is not often considered in A Song of Ice and Fire, I honestly think... He knew that Cersei wasn't going to let it go, and the truth of the matter was she was the Queen Regent. Without him having some sort of a coup within his own family, he had to kind of concede with her on that. I think that's why he decided to do the thing of just quietly sending Tyrion to the wall after allowing him to be convicted, and that way he could make Cersei happy and then just kind of shuttle Tyrion off. I think he knew that there was no avoiding it because Cersei wasn't going to let it go, and the truth is Cersei does
1: actually have the power. I think he got hit he, he let his passions get the best of him, which is certainly another Lannister trait mm-hmm. he seems so cool and collected about it though you
5: don't you don't hear about even when he talks to Jamie hmm but is there Doesn't ever seem to
1: does the he Syrian. ever break does he ever I mean, in the, you know, I know in the show, there's a couple of moments where we kind of see him break, but I don't think we ever see him break in the book at all.
0: You get that sense when Jamie is like, he's not going to leave the King's guard. You get the sense that he is majorly pissed pissed off, but he's very controlled, as I recall. I mean, there's none of this shouting or whatever, you know. Mm. I don't know. He just, he just cuts him off.
5: That's all he does. And he disinherits him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, but I mean, that right there is... It's
5: Kingsguard. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a a quiet, it's just a quiet, okay, you do what you're going to do, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I think there's an element of that with with the Tyrion situation, because Cersei was so berserk about Tyrion being convicted. I mean, I don't know that
1: there was a lot Tywin could do. I hear you. I still think the only, I mean, to me, the only, like, logical, well, I shouldn't say only, but... The other logical reason was that he couldn't figure out a way to pin it on anyone other than the Tyrells then, and he couldn't pin it on the Tyrells. That's a good point. I mean, Definitely
5: I guess is probably the lesser of several evils as far as who to finger for the thing. You have to think to some extent that Tywin knew who actually did it or oh, he I'm would sure have been. Knew. As
0: <laughs> but but at the same she's sitting there. Real... This is, oh, I'm sorry. But this is what's always puzzled me. He's married Tyrion off to Sansa Stark, which is, I mean, he's got to know that Roose Bolton is not a trustworthy guy to be holding that for a long period of time. The whole plan is that gets him in the north or his family in the north. The moment he accepts this insanity with Cersei's idea that Sansa and Tyrion were guilty, that's gone.
3: So he's just—it's
0: a big price, and you know, his his direct line. I mean, because Cersei's children, even though they're king, you know, you know, he's got their, you know, the ruling royal family, but the Lannister name doesn't carry on through them.
1: I mean, who knows what he would have done? I mean, if you know, I guess maybe if Tywin would have lived post Tyrion, maybe he would have married at that point, like. You know that would not have been a bad strategic move. I mean, it wouldn't have been a bad move at any point in time for him to, to for him to marry. But I mean, yeah, at that point, he actually like needs more people. Like he needs an, yeah. you know, he needs more heirs.
0: Unless he's gonna, you know, well, and, yeah, and I
5: mean, like, but that need has existed the whole time. I right, mean, like, as soon right.
0: as Jamie gets
5: named to the Kingsguard, it's obvious that Jamie's not going to be inheriting. Right. And I mean. According to the to the laws of inheritance, it should have been Tyrion, and only by Tywin, you know, shutting Tyrion out would he not have gotten it. Um, you know, why did why did Tywin never remarry if he cared that much? About and his actually, legacy? I don't think he cares, and I don't think he minds it going to Cersei's line. I, you don't get the feeling that he minds that at all.
0: Uh, that's actually a question we got from um, somebody, uh, another anon, about it. Literally, why didn't Tywin remarry? Um, could just and I've seen lots of well. theories one of which is he doesn't want any more dwarfs in the family the whole thing with Joanna I I think
2: his children are fighting enough as it is more children just means <laughs> more problems
1: <laughs> I mean they're like two nine year olds you know and he's got a staff to take <laughs> care of them so
0: <laughs> I like the idea they broke me I just can't <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm done out. with these little know. shits. <laughs> I think the idea of him being afraid of having another dwarf is probably pretty, you know, that's probably a pretty strong reasoning right there. Uh, I don't, I, I don't I do. know.
5: I don't know. I tend to think it's more of a reflection on his relationship with Joanna. I I don't know. I mean, you know, certainly you're supposed to believe that Tywin and Joanna were close enough that um, this would have had a profound effect on him because we know that he loved Joanna.
0: And we do. Um, we do. We did get some um, questions on this, so maybe we could. I, I know I'm. We had an outline, and I know I'm deviating a little bit, but this seems your like a prerogative, good... prerogative, man. That's your prerogative. All right, seize the power. <laughs> Go with the flow. Go with the
3: flow.
0: Um. All right, and actually, if it's okay, I think I'm gonna read these two questions out. They're both from anonymous, different anons. Um. One of which was, um, Do you ever? Okay, one is, do you, don't you think people romanticize the Tywin-Joanna relationship too much? And the second question from a different Anon was, do you ever get the feeling the Lannisters were breeding for purity of their bloodline? Joanna didn't seem like a hugely advantageous match for Tywin outside that bloodline context, being only from a cadet branch of the family.
1: I don't know. I, like to th- I think he did love her. I'd say no and no to those. I mean, just because Tywin's an asshole doesn't mean that he's not capable of great love.
3: It's, I don't think it's necessarily that it's purity of the bloodline, but he obviously had feelings for her. Mm-hmm. He loved her. And also, she was a an important member of the cadet branch of the family, so that it wouldn't necessarily keep the bloodline pure, but it would keep... The cadet branch and the main branch of the family, it would bring them even closer, more unity, stronger. And obviously, Ty- this is what he's wanted all along because considering the generation of his father where maybe things were obviously... Tito's probably didn't have as close ties with like other members of his family because obviously he let other outside influences um, take advantage of him so quickly... That maybe Ty- Tywin thought, well, this is a time to, like, just, I guess, uh, bring it all together. I don't know. Well, and plus, <laughs> you know, if I recall,
1: there's not, there's not a lot of other Lannisters kind of in their line. Like, they've married into the Halls and the Mar... Like, I think um, Tytos was married to a Marbrand, wasn't he?
3: Yes. Yes. Jane, mm-hmm. right? Jane Marbrand.
1: And there's, yeah, there's a Marbrand, there's Craig Halls, you know, like, his siblings are married into more Marbrands, you know, so they've typically married, you know, like, I think most of the Great Houses, they've typically married their Bannermen, um, so there's nothing, I don't. it doesn't feel like there's anything overly unusual. I mean, you know, Ned Stark's mom was also a Stark. Part of it's just maybe George was like, oh my god, I can't, don't make me make, don't make me think <laughs> of another family's name, like, oh, she's a Lannister, whatever.
0: Well, there is a thing that somebody i I've read stuff out there that until the i think it's the war of the nine penny kings that the tradition is basically that most of these the great houses are marrying into their the families of their bannermen. and it's and it's after that war, and Tywin would have already have been married i think at that point. Um, that a lot of these lords start marrying into other houses
1: well isn 't that the whole great southern conspiracy
0: conspiracy theory yeah that that 's when they start kind of messing the way well not messing up but but doing it a little differently but I mean, we have multiple people talking about like for instance, his siblings talk about how happy he was. When he married her that he smiled and this man, you, you know, you can count this on what one, two hands the times he smiled um, the stuff about how different the Casterly Iraq was after her death. I mean, I tend to think it it was a love relationship. Maybe they didn't marry specifically for that purpose, but that he did care about her.
5: Yeah, it's it's hard to question that he cares about her. Clearly, he cared a great deal about her, and you kind of have to suspect just because of the way that he took the reins so young, even before Titus died, that he may have been involved in setting up his own marriage. So you you certainly have the impression that that he was all for the match with Joanna. I mean, the questions come from the other direction. I think with with everything that's in the world of Ice and Fire and the other things that are in A Song of Ice and Fire, as far as what Joanna actually felt. It's kind of a question mark.
1: Well, um, I mean, we know Joanna was at, you know, she was at court. So, and Tywin was at court. So they presumably probably met at court. And, you well, know, sure when they, they were both. Well, yeah, I mean, I probably, yeah, when they were younger, but then they both went, you know, they're both at court together. And, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see, like, why wouldn't, you know, good and looking you know, guy, good looking girl, same, you know, and some, just area. because area. Some-
0: Somebody else is into you and making comments about you and taking liberties doesn't mean that that's reciprocated.
5: But we really don't know that it isn't reciprocated either.
0: Right. But I mean, if you have a king running after you, I mean, that's awfully hard to deal with. So whether you want it or not there are a lot of issues that come with that i don't know i tend to think that they loved each other but maybe that's wishful thinking on my part i don't know
5: i mean i, understand I like the, the irony of up. it i think it's i think it's one of those things where um i think people kind of get an idea in their heads and then we got the world of ice and fire and even though there had been hints from the the basic a song of ice and fire series i mean it's it's pretty clear that something went on between eris and, and joanna he was clearly into her um, Aerys yeah. Targaryen we're talking about here the king and um, you know I, I, there's no reason for George to include the stuff in the world of Ice and Fire that he included without having it there for a reason is my opinion and it, to me it hints that definitely something had to have happened between them because not only does he elaborate on what little bit that we've heard from Barris and Selmy in A Dance with Dragons um, that you know we we get a little hint that Aerys may have been into Joanna in A Dance with Dragons and then we get the world of Ice and Fire and we see there's kind of this whole story about how over several years Eris was slightly obsessed with Joanna. Um, I think the thing that we never know is how Joanna may have felt in return. And, and I think it's open-ended is my is my thing. I don't think we know enough to really yeah. say with any definitive certainty one way or the other how, how she felt or what may have been reciprocated or how she even felt about Tywin. Because it's funny, even Tywin's siblings, when they talk about the relationship between Tywin and Joanna, they talk about how Tywin felt and we really don't hear anything about Joanna This is true um okay but we all think- my, yes my answer is yes I think people romanticize that relationship too much I mean I definitely think there's no question that there's there was something from Tywin's side but whether Joanna reciprocated we just have no way of knowing
0: yet anyway okay um I had a logical flow and it's all it's all gone so we're gonna <laughs> Anarchy is the way we're going to go. <laughs> okay,
2: I just want to say how it would really have helped if I read the world of song ice and fire
0: books. I still <laughs> haven't cracked it. <laughs> um, this is something it's totally different kind of uh, facet, but I, I, I am continually, I'm always fascinated by the way we look at our parents and there's, I distinctly remember a point in time where I had this sort of bizarre realization that my parents were not, you know, I have them in a role. You you think of them as mom and dad. You don't think of them as. I didn't agree to go this deep, comma. <laughs> well, I, I, I won't take you there. But I mean, there's a point where you go, oh, my God, they have this whole other life. And they're not exactly the. You see them. You see people from a certain perspective. And what I always found fascinating, especially um, when I reread, um, particularly the first two books, I'll take um, my, my favorite Lannister, the one I voted for in the poll, is Kevin. Um, well, he's not my total favorite. He's my favorite other Lannister.
1: So we did a poll on Twitter on, at Door Podcast of your favorite lesser Lannister, and it was between Davin, Jenna, Kevin, and uh, Lancel. And Jenna Jenna, looks like the clear winner. I voted for Davin, who only has 4%, so I'm (laughs) I'm really questioning the taste level of our readers and listeners. I'm not. I think it's right on the money, kids.
0: (laughs) But getting back to Kevin, I mean, when when you read Tyrion's perspective in particular, he makes several comments about his uncle Kevin, and it's basically that, you know, Kevin does what Tywin tells him to kevin thinks what tywin tells him to think um, you get to you know the way jamie thinks about his aunt and i mean they love their uncles and their aunt it's that to me is very clear but you know you get to a point where you go wait kevin you know kevin is not a stupid guy jenna is not exactly the way Jamie sees her. And I think it's this notion of perspective. And then what's interesting is after Tywin dies, I mean, for most of Feast, his shadow, I think, looms pretty large. And you start hearing from his siblings and what they knew about him and how they saw him. And it's very, very different from how Tywin's kids saw him. And I guess well, there's I thought- no there's no
5: mystique from his siblings, is there? You don't get the same awe from his siblings that you get from other people.
1: Oh, he's he's their brother that they loved and they had issues with, but they loved him. Yeah. And they it's not cloud that love isn't clouded the way that it is with his children. You know, like, I think Kevin, you know, in Kevin's last chapter with Jamie. Well, yeah, I think it's his last chapter with Jamie and King's Landing. It's like Kevin just wants to go to the rock and bury his brother like he's so over the politics at at that point like he just really is sick of it
5: well i think you get a sense of what kevin's personal um i'm just going to use the term priorities are in in how his own nuclear family works it's like Lancel gets sent off to Derry to to marry someone so kevin decides to go with him and support him and make sure that that's going to be a successful situation and you know we see that that kevin has really genuine affection for his wife and his other kids he feels warmly about them he is concerned about their well-being
1: break our heart sorry
5: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know there's a there's a lot of anti-kevin sentiment but i kind of look at how he treats his own nuclear family and i'm like oh you know he actually is just kind of concerned about their well-being rather than um using them for ambitious reasons basically and so i think i think that's why kevin gets um a lot of sympathy and phantom i think that's why he he was a really great prologue or epilogue character and probably the saddest one to lose um but yeah he offers a really interesting insight into the lannisters and he's as close as you're ever going to get to a tywin pov um, you know, because you kind of get to see a little bit of the machinery behind what what Tywin may have been thinking and, you know, like I was saying, it's there's no mystique from Kevin. Kevin's not in awe of, of Tywin's political ability. He just has been around the way that Tywin is and the way that Tywin works and just kind of absorbed um, what Tywin's goals were and everything. So, you know, the, the cool thing about Kevin is that he can tell you, okay, well, you know, Tywin, Tywin actually did care about his kids and you know, yes, Tywin was concerned about this, but, you know, I I would have a hard time explaining to to Tywin why I let his daughter take this walk of shame and things like, you know what I mean? Like, he knows that there was some actual emotion coming from Tywin, at least toward Jamie and Cersei. So, um, I think it's, I think, I think it was really cool to get Kevin's perspective, not just to, to learn more about Kevin, but I think Kevin really opened a window into Tywin as well.
1: Do you think that, I feel like Kevin, too, kind of had a he obviously sort of ran interference between Tywin and his kids for a long time. You know, he's the one that's down in the dungeon talking to Tyrion. He's the one that's talking to Jamie when Tywin has disowned him. You kind of see him in that peace. You know, he's sort of that family peacemaker role that he's been slotted into too.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's trying to make the peace, you know, he's the one who I think delivers Oathkeeper to Jamie, right? Trying to, 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 smooth things over and trying to convey to Jamie that you know his father does care it's something that Tywin doesn't seem to be capable of doing but uh, that that moment in Kevin's chapter where he thinks to himself that he would have you know the, I don't know exactly how he puts it it's been a while since I've read it but he has a moment where he um, thinks about what he would tell Tywin about Cersei's walk And I don't know if you guys have ever read the oh Gal it's one of the moderators of the Song of Ice and Fire subreddit uh Brendan B. Fish wrote um a really big Kevin post and it was it was probably not pro Kevin Lannister I'll put it that I way read but this. um He's in good. it yeah in it in it he he kind of um sets forward this hypothesis that perhaps Kevin came up with the idea of the walk of shame and presented it to the high septon as kind of a way to get Cersei out of the mess that she's in but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> I think that I think that the the really interesting thing about it about it and what that reveals, whatever actually happened there, is is the fact that that Kevin knows that Tywin would have been upset, and it doesn't sound like it's just pride. It sounds like he would have been upset that that happened to Cersei, and so it it does give you an inkling that you know he probably wasn't like a, a true psychopath. He actually did have genuine feelings for at least Jamie and Cersei.
0: We actually got a question from Lady Blade War Angel, um, kind of about. Somewhat about this, um, a Lannister thing for comma would be: Does anyone think it's sad how Tywin treated his father's mistress after his father died? How he took all her clothing and anything his father had given her, and made her walk through Lannisport naked. And then this is what I'm thinking is tying in here: is isn't it all weird that? Cersei was then forced to walk through King's Landing later on. I mean, Kevin does mention it in his epilogue chapter, I think. And that's what you're referring to.
2: Well. Just- I, I mean,
0: obviously, I think it's, it's horrible what that woman had to go through. And,
1: it's totally- and I think
0: it's, it's horrible what Cersei had to go through as far as that walk.
1: Seems like a fairly common punishment, apparently, in Westeros. Like, you could just, like, hang out in the street and, like, watch every random. other day you're going to watch, like, a naked parade. I like how Giles always trying to downplay this punishment.
5: <laughs> I think, well, I think in the books we pretty much just hear about it in the context of Tywin. Though I think it was just Tywin's idea to do this to his father's mistress. Um, and Although, then, you know, I think
0: is it Jenna? I mean, there's some hints that you know Jenna didn't. I mean that, and there's hints I think from Kevin too that. It, the Lannister kids did not care for their father's girlfriend at all. No, no. I, I think it usually was, care for their father's Yeah, girlfriend. Well, I mean, he
1: gave her the mother's did.
0: jewels. I mean, she yeah. was sort of I Yeah, you piss off any kid. Yeah.
1: But you know, but you like There's you know, a difference though between I don't like door. dad's
0: <laughs> girlfriend, you know, she's a bitch and You're not my real mom. No, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not in the middle ages either. <laughs> let's strip her naked and parade
2: her through the street. <laughs> You you know, different time and place you know you don't know
1: like a yeah. whole new stepmom movie
2: <laughs> God. God. <laughs> uh, i mean it is horrible it is horrible like just what an awful thing to do to people
5: <laughs> yeah it really is well and of course i think george is kind of loving the fact that he he takes this thing that, that tywin used to humiliate someone he uses it against tywin's own daughter yeah it almost reeks of I, one of those... I don't know if you guys have noticed yeah, I think George likes to kind of, to kind of, kind of poke at Tywin whenever he can. Yeah, <laughs> Tywin is one of those people that he doesn't
1: like. Well, his whole, um, even though he's, yeah, his whole stinky death. I mean, <laughs> it really yeah.
2: does reek yes. of something. Like yes. when, you when a writer like thinks of something comes into their brain that they really want to write, and it, it, this to me, this whole scenario just kind of reeks of that. Like this was a plot point that he yeah. wanted to put in there.
0: Well, From and he, he totally ripped that off of what happened to Jane Shore. I mean, that oh, well, not ripped off, made a historical homage there. Who was um, the mistress of Edward the Yeah, and when Richard the Third, um, I don't know if he was regent at that point or if he'd taken power. Um, he had her; she had to walk through the streets, I think, stripped to the waist or something like that. Um, and I, you know. I, th- I think george was also that was something he really wanted to do
5: no i'm sure that it is but it's who it happened to yeah. i i, oh, yeah. I, I yeah. just know that george loves george just loves to do these things To it's just like whenever people think oh george loves his you know quote-unquote villains too much i'm like i don't know that he does because he actually kind of loves to do these kinds of things to him like i'm sure he kind of enjoys the the extra little dig you know of of Tywin having to spin in his grave because this thing that he did to someone else is being done his daughter, yeah. um, so th- there is definitely an element of that. But um, back to back to the sibling thing as well with with Jenna. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the perspective that Jenna gives on Tywin is that she seems to be the sibling more than any of the others who stood up to Tywin, mm-hmm. um, and like we hear about how she pissed him off so much that he didn't talk to her for what was it the better part of a year or uh-huh. something like that. <laughs> saying something good about about uh Tyrion. But what it does is it, it just kind of humanizes him a little bit more from that perspective of just, you know, like yeah. there were people who could say things to Tywin and live, I guess. <laughs> you know, there were people who could oppose him slightly.
3: And yeah. Also you have the memory of when uh Jenna was betrothed to uh what Eamon Frey and Tywin was the one that was like angry and insulted on her behalf and was like Really, you're gonna do that to you know, my sister? Like, you, this is completely BS. And he was like you ten know? or something, right? Yeah, and he was like standing, and that's like a memory that she has of him. And yeah, of him being her hero, basically. And at the same, Just time another
5: perspective you don't get of Tywin very often.
0: No, no, but it, I mean, it's a, at the same time she also I think has a somewhat more realistic perspective of him in terms of what. The fact that he was the Tywin we all know and well, I love, but um, <laughs> the Tywin he became to be and what that did to his brothers, you know, that yeah. I, I guess the inference is the one, I don't know, drank and hoard, yeah. yeah. And the other one decided to go off after the sword and that Kevin just basically said, okay. I'm going to work with this and I'll be the support, you know, but she knows that there's a shadow side to all of this. It's not like she's, you know, worshiping at his feet, which I love. Mm -hmm. And that's partly why I love her. I think she's a great character. She's also one that everyone, I think it's, is it Jamie who seems to think that her kids aren't, are her husbands, but they kind of look like him. And
3: yeah, I think
1: like, I think they have a hard time believing that, Because Emin, I think they just see us so far below her in every way that they can't imagine, you know, that it's easy to imagine her, you know, kind of doing whatever she wants. I think that's just his way of thinking. Like, you know, she clearly rules that household.
3: Yeah, but clearly maybe she just took a poopy situation and made it work for her because she knew she wasn't going to get out of the marriage. So if she's can't get out of it she might as well be queen of the shit pile right yeah i mean <laughs> that's
1: well i mean she probably you know she probably has lived as basically the queen of the rock for most of her life really because cersei wasn't there and who else was there i mean there's literally no other women except for um dorna who doesn't sound like she'd be much True. of a well, threat and tig's wife i guess who's at yeah,
0: court mean, i think
1: um Isn't,
0: yeah darlissa marbrand or whatever
1: yeah yeah, And then, like, a couple of little kids, basically. So, I mean, you know, she kind of... You know, she you figure she had to really run the castle, essentially. So, Riverrun's got to be a real downer. <laughs> um, which she really She's didn't want, it. either. No, didn't she totally it. didn't yeah, want, really didn't really want really it. Didn't. <laughs> it's a good sign fact, of how savvy she is,
5: too, that she doesn't want it.
1: Well, and I mean, well, it, the way she explains it, it's like, well, this is idiotic. Like, actually, that's interesting, because it's Tywin that did it. So, Tywin gave gave Kevin Derry and Jenna River Run. It's like, Tywin, that makes no sense. Like, it's so odd for me because it makes no sense for Tywin to have done well, that. He's not, you know, he's aware of everything. Well, and she's the one pointing
0: out that, uh, was it Derry doesn't have any, I mean.
1: I There's think- no male, yeah. So, yeah, it, Cleos' but, you wife know, is a Derry.
0: But River Run is just kind of like stupid and insane. Right. Why are you doing this, you know? But, yeah, that she's smart enough to know that this is not the best move that he could have made. But, um, okay. Actually, we've got, oh, finally, someone who used their real name. Well, their real handle, anyways. Uh, King's Token. Sorry, there are a lot of Anons. Um, I'm very <laughs> excited that there's somebody who used their a-
2: real fake name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, for Lannister family dynamics, why do you think none of the aunts, uh, Jenna or Tywin's sister-in-laws, um, helped raise Jaime, Cersei, and Tyrion? They could have used a calming adult female presence. Was Tywin against it? Especially, I think they did. I, they did. I, didn't, I yeah, thought Jenna yeah. was involved. Well, let yeah. me finish the question. Oh, right. yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, Especially, (laughs) especially when it came to Tyrion and his hatred for him, why didn't he fob him off onto one of his relatives to raise? He would have still been raised as a Lannister, just not in Tywin's immediate household. I think what they may be suggesting is, you know, why didn't you know they just sort of like, okay, here you go, go take him to your lesser castle somewhere or something? Yeah, but (laughs) he was
2: well. If you believe he was ashamed of Tyrion. Why would he let him go somewhere else where he could be just out in the open, right? At least he has some control over who sees Tyrion and who has access to
5: him. I think it it was a double-sided coin with the pride in Tyrion. He couldn't hide him away because, you know, that would be showing that he was ashamed of him, basically. So he couldn't do that. But I I think there's kind of a misunderstanding here. They do, though. They all live at Casterly Rock. I, I mean... Um, you all know, All the you have siblings the, do, yeah. All the siblings do, yeah. And, and you get the impression that Jenna was there a lot. When you hear Tyrion talk about his uncles, you get the impression he was very close to them and that they were around a lot. And you also get the feeling that his relationship with all of his uncles was warm as opposed yeah. to his relationship with his father. It, it sounds like he had exactly the same relationship with his aunts and uncles that his brother and sister did. I don't think the aunts and uncles treated Tyrion any differently than they did the other two.
0: In fact, is it... I never know if it's Garion or Jerrian, but um the one who ran off after the sword was the one didn't t- taught him to tumble and mm-hmm. they talked about dragons. It sounds like he had an actually quite functional relationship with his his um um uncles and his aunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. And and you see some
5: of this when you see him talking to Kevin in
4: yeah.
5: I mean, you know, you see him talking to Kevin through what, the better part of three books, I'm talking about Tyrion here, but, you know, you can tell that he knows Kevin very well and that they have a very good rapport, and, and, you know, I always have felt like when Kevin comes to see Tyrion in the dungeons, when he's, you know, been arrested for Joffrey's murder, that you you get the feeling from Kevin, even though Kevin, I think, is not sure what to believe that he is upset that this is happening to Tyrion.
0: Right, that there's fondness, that there's a rapport there that this is not something that he's gleeful about at all.
1: This is like the interesting thing about the Lannisters is I think you, the Starks get held up as this, you know, ideal family. But when you actually think about the Starks, I don't think like, I mean, those kids are young, but they don't really know each other. They don't know each other the way the Lannisters know each other.
0: Well, and the Starks have their own level of dysfunction. I mean, all those family do every family has some dysfunction. That's just the way it works. Not everybody's fucking their sister, though. (laughs) Well, this is true. But, I mean, you can look at most of the families and go, what the hell are they thinking? At least at some point in what you hear about them. And, I mean, with the Starks, they have their own issues, too. But, yeah. But that's what makes
3: it fun, though. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, in a way, that's kind of why I'm always, like, you know, I'm a fan of the phrase because they just, oh, that's just <laughs> this function junction right there. And I, I just, <laughs> I just, I just love it. Oh.
0: <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> now, I've got that, um, that schoolhouse rock song in my head. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for there. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So we've got some other stuff to talk about. Oh, here's one. Which of Tywin's children do you think is most like him? (laughs) It's a loaded question.
5: Tyrion. Tyrion, is there even a question?
2: (laughs) Even Jenna thinks so. Yeah, that was, you know, the, is anyone going to argue?
5: <laughs> I mean, obviously no one else has anywhere near the cunning of Tywin. I mean, you know, I think Jamie is very bright, but he just doesn't think like Tywin thinks. You know, he's he's not naturally devious in that way. Um, Cersei's got all the deviousness, but has no idea what to do with it. So, well, I mean, there's really argument. no question it's, it's Tyrion.
0: You could make an argument that she has the pride. But she's like, well, they, the they all have the pride. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say she takes that to a whole new level. But
1: she's ruthless like he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's probably actually more ruthless than Tywin is. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, maybe. I mean, if Jamie had stayed around for like one more chapter in Feast, he's down in the dungeon with Kyburn. <laughs> oh God,
0: <laughs> the human son of me. yeah he's Sir <laughs> Robert's head. <laughs> oh, god. oh my awful.
3: god don't say that <laughs>
0: okay we're gonna move away from that now um okay well that kind of makes it a sort of a segue for we got some questions um about um
2: jamie is like the mountain's head is a segue no. to
0: something that's interesting <laughs> i can't wait for this well, question. No, but, um, it's just waiting for me, me to say it. It kind of made me think about um, Tommen, you know, staying around for that. And we did get some questions about Jamie's relationship with Tommen and Marcella and some questions about Joffrey. Um, we got an, one and on who said, Do you think Jamie is a great Funkel? And another who said, Do you think Jamie would make a good father for Tommen and Marcella?
2: No. Well, he's no. been a shit father, but.
0: Purpose, You've been a pretty
5: like shit so. uncle, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, of their two uncles, or, or, well, of their Lannister uncles, there's no question that Tyrion was a way better uncle than Jamie was.
0: Well, you know, and I, this is something that
1: always. Uncle Stannis, though. Like, oh, 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 we have to go stay with Uncle Stannis? Oh. Right. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Poor
2: kids. <laughs> well, be real. Who do you want to stay with? Uncle Jamie or Uncle Stannis? Uncle
1: Jamie.
0: Uncle, right. <laughs> I <laughs> you know, I always thought this, this always drove me nuts with the, the logic here, which was, okay, they're always talking about, Cersei's always talking about how much she and her brother look alike, which, eh, a little call to question there. But the minute she has those kids, she's paranoid about him ever being near them. Although you could make the argument they look like him because, well, he's her twin brother. But, yeah. You know, she doesn't go there and uh she's he's not around much for them, it sounds like. I, I think mean Shirian has this very close relationship with them.
2: Yeah. Is it about looks though? Like she's worried that oh they're gonna catch on that they look like Jamie, or is it more that she didn't want Jamie getting attached to them?
1: I don't think she wanted Jamie getting attached and I think she thinks Jamie's stupid and would mess up. Yeah. I think so too.
2: I not that Jamie's
1: stupid, I think that she thinks Jamie is stupid. Yeah, she thinks Jamie's stupid. But she thinks <laughs> I, I mean she to be fair to Jamie, she thinks everyone, not her, is stupid.
0: Stupid. I do think though there are hints and feasts that he is starting to like think uh, I mean to sort of take responsibility. Um and that he knows that something has to be done for Tommen.
5: Oh and sure. I mean, he's absolutely. trying. Yeah,
0: there's no question of that, yeah. Um, I, I think eventually, given some kind of time, perhaps, although honestly, it's such a clusterfuck.
1: I mean, Tommen's only yeah. eight in the books, right? Eight yeah. or nine. So, I mean, you could, you could see if they were in a world with, like, no dragons or ice zombies and they just, like, were normal people. Like, maybe they could have a decent relationship. Like, maybe Tommen's young enough to kind of forgive him. But, you know, well, I don't think Well, it's questionable whether
0: Tommen doesn't know. Right, and I yeah I have no idea if Marcella does either, but I mean I'm not going to talk about that monstrosity that's in the show, but um yeah book Marcella I don't know.
5: Well, yeah, I don't know that he would necessarily be a, a bad father. I think it, I don't think you can ever make up for the deficit, though. I mean, like he he let them down yeah. <laughs> in the early yeah. part of their lives, and there's just no really working around that. But I mean, like. There's no question, yeah, and feast he definitely has their best interest at heart, you know, and and not just I'm not just saying that that because I'm a Jamie fan, he actually uh stops to consider, you know, like would, would Tom and rather have me for a father or rather be king? And he's not just just throwing it out there. He actually genuinely wonders and right. and is and interested about- in, in what yeah, he's interested in, in Tommen having what he wants. And and you know, it's the same thing with Marcella. He's gonna ruin Marcella's uh, you know betrothal to to Tristan Martel if if he tells her that he's her father and yet he feels like he should and he's he's struggling with this you know he's actually concerned about what's best for them so in that way i don't think Jamie would be any worse parent than what they've had
1: so <laughs> no, no, so sure. he'd be a, he'd be a big improvement but yeah i mean i think to your point too i mean he has failed them not just in terms of not being there though too cuz there's those hints of um you know joffrey abusing his siblings and you know jamie was never there for you know jamie's a long line of people that were apparently never there to help those kids deal with that crap
0: yeah i i really think we could go out on the street and grab some random person (laughs) and they'd still be a better parent than what those kids have had
1: uh ouch well i mean i don't know have you been on the street lately Mama?
0: <laughs> i work with the public i think i know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh, we did get another question from an anon um this one was about joffrey
3: yeah.
0: our yeah.
2: favorite lannister joffrey
0: <laughs> joffrey was cersei's favorite child why do you think because he was firstborn and there's a two-parter um and why do you think D D changed their relationship in the show and the cersei in the show cersei's afraid of him i think i'm gonna start off by saying i think this is that whole narcissist golden child thing going on there um, um
2: yeah i think it goes back to like um that's guile said that cersei was pretty ruthless like tywin and joffrey was ruthless like tywin so I think Cersei well, I think would have seen that
1: as strength. and you know, Joffrey was the firstborn. He was going to be king. He was special. He was, you know, clear, clearly the number one candidate to be the golden child.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, we yeah. could tackle the second part of
3: this, but... It's always surprised me that Joffrey was like the golden child, because you know how, like, Cersei is always, like, bitter that she was... She's a woman, and because she's a woman, it limited a lot of what she was able to do and like Marcella is like smart she's good you know like they say how like she's very personable and sociable she's beautiful like Circe is um and she also she's intelligent and you'd think that that Circe would uh appreciate that and like
1: but, Not if you actually read any Cersei chapters, though. Like, if you just, like, just read Meta on Tumblr about her, maybe. But if you've but actually read the chapters.
0: Marcella isn't so, ruthless. That always you're,
3: disappoints me.
0: You're trying to apply logic to insanity, <laughs> which is part. And no, it's what we do. It's a normal human reaction to do that. And I don't think. I mean, I mean. And I think also there's a lot of misogyny in Cersei yeah you know yeah. it's yeah true, true i and i yeah. don't think there's I a mean, lot of could never sorry go ahead Tom. no i mean i was just gonna like do a frustrated sigh because i agree i think it's an inter it would be an interesting relationship for them to have had but i don't think
1: the i don't think for cersei to be a different character you know i mean that's the gist of it yeah
0: I don't think she could overcome
5: her own internalized misogyny enough for Marcella to be her favorite child. Although you kind of get the impression that Marcella is probably second favorite. Um, yeah, Tom is you know, definitely
4: the least favorite. Poor Tom. but yeah. well, it's
5: funny. But it's funny a lot. It's funny a lot that you say that Marcella is is not that ruthless. I mean, Marcella goes along with the queenmaker plot. I mean, I think that Marcella might be the most Lannister of these kids. Um, we definitely hear that she's the brightest one, and mm-hmm. you kind of get the feeling that she does have some ambitions. So I've
1: always like um, the- well, she's Google. clever,
2: but she would never gut a cat. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's not ruthless. A cat? That's no, crazy. but <laughs> depose her little brother. Yes. So I mean, there's some ruthlessness in there. Um, there's definitely some Lannisterness in in Myrcella from what we hear. Um, but I think Joffrey, you know honestly, I'll just throw out with with narcissists, they only have so much energy or or time for other people, and so it's like she probably put some investment into Joffrey to begin with, and he probably had a head start, and that may be a lot of why he was the golden child, that and he was beautiful, and um, you know, he was very confident, and those are the types of things that probably would have seemed to her like the best reflection of herself, so that might be why he he stayed the golden child,
1: yeah. I think Chicky brings up something interesting. I've always thought of like the three kids as, you know, there's I always sort of paired them in my head with one of the Lannister siblings. And I always do pair Marcella and Tyrion together because I do think they have those similar mm-hmm. characteristics. And then, you know, Joffrey and Cersei and then Tommen and Jamie. And I mean, they're yeah. not exact mirrors, but they're definitely, you know, they definitely share a lot of personality traits. Yeah, yeah if Tommen if you were gonna, to if, if you were going to pair
0: them up, yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
5: I was just gonna say, yeah. If you were gonna do that, that's exactly the way that that you would do it. Yeah, I did. I definitely think Marcella is the the Tyrion of that set of siblings for sure.
0: And and Tommen has the idealism and wants to be a knight. I mean, it that's there even in the first book. Um, you know, he's very excited because he's gonna have a chance. What's the quintain or whatever? The mm-hmm. he's gonna do something in the the tourney and. Um, and Joffrey's, like, pissed at him. But from that age, that kid wants to do that. Well,
1: and he has a heart, you know? And I yeah, mean, that's kind yeah. of the core of Tommen and the core of Jamie is they, they, you know, they have a heart. Yeah. All right. We've got
0: a bunch of questions. Well, we, we already sort of covered this. It was um, another Anon. Uh, we love you, Anons. Don't get me wrong. It's just I keep saying that, and I trip over it um what do you think tywin's relationships with his siblings was like i think we kind of touched on that already yeah i don't know if anyone has anything else to say about that well i think we yeah, covered we it. it we covered it pretty and good. there's another question um about kevin's love for tywin and i think we touched on that too in love with tywin like like a, uh, that a, was actually oh, the God. question <laughs> Was Kevin in love with, hey, with the Lannisters? You never know. There we go. You've sparked some oh fake there. That would be so I'm not rot,
3: <laughs> Oh my God.
2: Crossing Hi. swords
3: part two. <laughs> the first generation. I'm
0: just <laughs> oh my god. I've gotta stop laughing. Um. What do you think was the relationship between Joffrey and Tommen and Marcella?
1: Not well, I think he abused them, and so I, there's you know, a lot I of don't fear. know how far it went.
2: I could see, yeah. well, I could see Marcella trying to protect Tommen from Joffrey. I mean, isn't that mentioned?
0: I think so. That they kind of have that. That sort of... Well, they would be. They'd be the less favored siblings. They're the closest in age. They mm-hmm. do play together. I think they... um Because I think in uh, the first book, isn't Arya chasing um the cats yeah.
4: and comes yeah. upon
0: them? So, I mean, and they're close. They're like, a, what, a year apart or yeah. two? They're... So that would make sense, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Joffrey ever really... I don't think Joffrey's capable of anything approaching human affection.
1: I don't know. I think he's absolutely capable of it. I mean, he...
0: Of, a, of being human?
1: Oh, oh, God, no. Not being human. Yeah, I was going to say, a healthy
3: sibling <laughs> relationship.
0: Uh, we got another one. Do you think Tyrion ever loved Cersei as a sister? We know Cersei always hated him, but how... Did, I'm assuming that's how did Tyrion used to feel about her? Do you think he loved her when he was a kid?
2: I think Tyrion lusted after Cersei.
5: <laughs>
2: I really do. Oh, really?
5: What yeah. are you basing that on?
2: Yeah. That whole thing about like him wondering if she ever, like, why won't she bed him like she did Jamie? Who says that?
1: Um, who thinks uh, that about their sister uh, unless they want it? Yes. Huh? Well, but if they know their sister is screwing their brother, like maybe they think, well, why isn't she screwing me? Well, who thinks that? <laughs> unless, who does that? <laughs> unless like, unless who, you want it.
5: He does run around saying that he wants to rape her, so I guess you might have a point there. <laughs> just,
1: well, maybe he just thinks it's normal for siblings to do that I he doesn't understand. He's a pretty smart guy. Like now. Yeah. <laughs> What's oh, that? Gross. I missed that. <laughs> I mean, I think How- he, I think he loved her as a child, of course. I think like a lot of his character is formed by like seeking love from from you know anyone that would give it to him. Basically, I mean that's yeah. why he's going yeah. to all these whores
3: and the rejection he got when he did mm-hmm. try to get it. And well, he- and there isn't there a moment when she's
0: it's either in in a Game of Thrones or in Clash where. She's, I think they may have gotten the news about Renly or Stannis or something, you know, that Renly's dead. And she's genuinely, like, thrilled and happy. And she's, for once in her life, kind of, like, not being, you know, Cersei. hostile and hateful <laughs> to him. And he's sort of like, wow, that's kind of what she must be like with Jamie And then wondering why he can't have that.
1: Well, and there's or, another yeah, moment where he's, flash. like, she's upset about something and he's, you know wants to, he's thinking about should he go and comfort her like isn't that what you're supposed to do like yeah they're just messed up
5: yeah i mean there's some residual stuff that makes it clear that he he may have wanted um some affection from her at some point and may have wanted some more normal i should say sibling relationship with her <laughs> i don't think i mean i feel like you know he does do the rape thing and stuff like but i think that that's later on and i honestly think that's more about power than maybe lust but yeah i mean i think he definitely must have wanted that from her that's all you know who was it that said it? it's all he wants is love he just wants love um Tyrion. to his detriment that's all he wants to be loved.
0: well and that is partly you know he he thought he had that with taisha and then that was like taken away from him in the most brutal way possible and as I think Drama's just said, that's why he's running around with all the horrors trying to find something there.
2: Yay. Yay. <laughs> we <still laughs> very quiet yay <laughs> subdued yay. Uh,
0: okay, another Anon. Do you think Tyrion and Cersei ever competed for Jaime's affection? Oh, yeah. Not in the way Lot is thinking. <laughs> <laughs> going to say I that. Nev- right.
2: I never said anything about Tyrion wanting Jamie. That would be just Whoa. gross. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: heteronormative
2: you? Uh, you guys are just upset. I've planted a little bit of doubt in your minds.
0: <laughs> Not going there. I refuse to go there. I mean, on some tonight. level,
1: isn't their whole life, like, competing for Jamie's affections, or competing to see who Jamie loves the most? I mean, and it's, you know, it's never, I think it's clear, there's some points in time where it might be clear-cut for us, but I don't see how either of them could ever think that it was, they were clearly number one. Even Cersei, I mean, no, oh, I mean... I mean. I think Cersei. Jamie doesn't waver I mean, with Tyrion though, like you know, he really doesn't. Well, I think, I mean, I doubt that Tyrion
5: ever would have thought that he was number one over Cersei. I mean, I'm sure that he knew that oh. Cersei was number one, but you know, you can tell that they've had the argument because when when Cersei and Jamie fight in Storm of Swords, you know, Cersei like throws in his face, "Oh, you never believe the worst of Tyrion." It's like clear they've had this. <laughs> this is a fight that they've had before as a couple well, ended yeah. siblings. They've and
1: had, you know, even you know the sepsex sex scene it's her telling him to you know telling him to go kill Tyrion he's like no you know like this this is a constant battle of of her trying to yeah. get him to to I mean, choose sh- her over Tyrion and he never does
5: well I'm sure she can't in her own mind she would never actually have the thought that that Jaime would actually love Tyrion more than her but I, I, to her it's probably just an affront that, that Jamie cares about Tyrion at all
1: yeah I mean, that's true because, I mean, she has to be the dumbest person in the world to not have Jamie be suspect number one in Tyrion's escape.
5: Everybody has to be.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, than, all of things, King's Landing are the like well, dumbest mean, people in the world. On the, show,
5: on the show. In the books, Jamie plays it so well. Jamie plays it like he's telling yeah. the family line. No one knows because he very carefully avoids Tyrion and doesn't go hang out with him in his cell like he does on the show. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that Who could have set him free? <laughs> Oh. Could it to be the brother who was bawling when he lost his uh, <laughs> trial combat,
0: maybe. Sure. We <laughs> I don't know. My head is just in some very strange places. I'd like to thank you a lot for that.
2: Yes. <laughs> She's so proud right now. I am. I'm like tell. grinning.
0: Uh, We have a whole mess of questions that I'm going to call miscellaneous because I couldn't find like a theme for these. Um Potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what we have potpourri lannister potpourri um okay someone with a name through the booking glass again which is a great name um lannister family question what do you guys think of the Tyrion is a secret targaryen theory uh.
3: i just i don't like it just because of the fact that if it is true then that means that like you know, Eris and Joanna and that. Uh, just no. I hate it. I hate all secret Targ
0: theories. I, I will accept <laughs> Jon Snow and Elizabeth Taylor. And that's it. <laughs> that's interesting. I she hate violet it. Violet eyes, but... Lot, violet eyes.
1: No, I <laughs> you've got like a limit of one thing like that. So you get one resurrection, you get one secret Targaryen, you know, you get like one. That's it. You keep saying that, but there's been a lot of people resurrected. (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) There's such great irony with the whole Tyrion-Taiwan relationship, the way it's all set up. And that of Tywin's children Tyrion's the one that's closest to him And the minute you make him Somebody else's kid It just takes that all Yeah that's why I hate it too
5: See exactly I disagree that with that I don't. I actually think the richest irony would be If it were in fact that the most Tywin-esque one Isn't even Tywin's But um, no I definitely think there's merit to it I mean there's there's a reason that, that, the, that it's called into question And there's a reason that the theory exists And that is because there is some basis for it We have the whole business of Whatever went on between Joanna and Eris Targaryen, it is heavily implied to have been sexual. And from the beginning, like from the minute that we meet Tyrion in um, A Game of Thrones, we get these weird um, kind of hints about his looks. Number one, he is a much lighter blonde than the average uh, Lannister is. Um, Number two, he also has a weird chimerism situation going on where he has one eye that's one color and one eye that's another um, we have those right from the beginning, and then later on with the World of Ice and Fire, and on top of finding out that there may have been something going on between Eris and Joanna, we actually find out that this sort of, um, the term that's used in the book is like stunted and and twisted children are a Targaryen thing. Um, and it sounds like basically other dwarfs may have been occasionally born to Targaryens, and this might be a thing that goes on in their family, and in fact, we actually know that Danny had a Strange and twisted, with a tail and and wings, baby, or something like that. I so thought I, mean, I thought was just
1: fucking with her about that, though. I don't
5: <laughs> think so because it's actually reinforced in in the world of Ice and Fire. I can't yeah. remember. Maisel which? Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra, yes,
3: had when uh, she um was trying to give birth to her daughter. When she found out that her brother had absconded with her throne, um, she was giving birth to her daughter on Dragonstone, and the daughter obviously did not survive and it was it she was uh, she had uh i think wings and scales be awesome mm-hmm. if someone had a kid that was like human
1: but with dragon wings and then breathed fire yeah that just <laughs> as an <laughs> aside <laughs> that'd be awesome this is this <laughs> just, is where this is where evolution is headed in Westeros. <laughs> is this why brienne has targaryen blood is because that's what she's gonna have <laughs> Some
3: giant <laughs> dragon baby. <laughs> I mean,
1: I just always love the idea
0: that whatever her name is, Ms. Mary, whatever the Mary Weather Tana? No, 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 <laughs> the Mary one. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, one, there we
0: go. That she just said, you know, did that whole very prophetic, how you're never going to have a kid until this, you know, all that crap happens, and of course it can't happen. And I always thought she made all that up. I kind of thought she made it up too, because that would be the perfect way to fuck with somebody. But
3: so,
5: <laughs> I guess well, I It was not. reinforced. Though I mean, like, and beyond.
3: Yeah, so, I, I George know. George's going but...
5: somewhere with this stuff. I mean, he he yeah, laid it well, in there for I mean, a
3: reason.
1: and he's not going anywhere with it.
3: There, I mean, <laughs> if he is, hey, If George know. goes
1: anywhere, he I will mean, go.
3: Somewhere. In, in the you also have um, what's the bastard? Uh, sierra C Star. Yeah. He also she also had the. The different colored eyes as yeah, well, yes. and she was a Targaryen bastard. So yeah. you also have that. I mean,
1: I don't well, believe Bloodraven the was but... an albino, and you know Tyrion's lighter. So who knows? Yeah, yeah but it's are different. Yeah, there. there's a reason that the theory put it that so way. It and, like yeah, you know a what's
5: funny? <laughs> I never bought into any of it until we got the World of Ice and Fire, and the World of Ice and. Reinforces so many of these aspects of the theory that it's it's really tough to ignore it at this point.
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I couldn't see it before. happening, but I just I still don't like it. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't like the. Idea. Wait,
5: I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't. I don't. I don't see how it negates anything with the story. In fact, I think it would be pretty funny. <laughs>
0: You're gonna make me open that book and read it, aren't you? You need to open read the book. Open it. Open it. Open <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe All next right.
2: year. Maybe next year.
0: <laughs> Okay, another Anon. Is I'm gonna go with Garion. I don't know how. Garion, always... I like Yay, Jerry. Jerry, you have Jenna. I say Gary
2: Uncle Jerry. Yeah, is Uncle Garion.
0: Is Garion dead? I
2: know. No, I'm not answering this until you pronounce his name correctly.
1: <laughs> I don't think if he, he is. Jerry okay, dead. Tolman.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it when Jerry pops up in Jamie Brianne fic and he's alive. It's pretty awesome.
1: I feel like that should be, like, a full beer if you're going to do, like, the drinking thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, blushes, take a sip, Jirion shows up, like, just slam it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's
3: (sighs) great. I would love it if he wasn't, but considering that he has been gone for so long... Aren't
1: there words of, like, some pirate kings in the in the summer islands and stuff and i've you know maybe he's like a pirate king there i've got this
0: theory for the longest time that he the blackfish and hot uncle Benjamin are like holed up in some tavern just drinking waiting (laughs) it all out for everybody hey man if if an uncle's death
5: isn't confirmed in the books then they're probably alive
0: (laughs) okay okay here's another anon um the one asset House Lannister lacks is marriageable females. So why didn't Tywin push to legitimize Joy Hill? That's Gerians. Um, Garians. Uncle Jerry's.
1: Kid. Uncle
0: Jerry. I'm covering
1: <laughs> up my bases. this is my Anon because this, this maddens me. <laughs> All right. Wait, let me finish.
0: So why didn't Tywin push to legitimize Joy Hill or at least send her to Dorne where her bastard status wouldn't be looked down upon as much with Marcella? Well, they the, they did send a girl with yeah. um, Marcella, yeah, a cousin. Or something. But yeah, I Good thought one. the whole reason they sent her there was so that if anyone attacked her, she'd be like a double, yeah, and maybe Marcella would be okay.
1: Right, but I mean the thing is, it's like yeah, there's no like the only females they have are Davin's sisters, and then Cersei, and then Janai's the little, little baby. Yeah, so there's like. <clears throat> You know, they got this girl who is this pretty. You know, according to Jamie, she's this pretty child. There's really no reason why they would, they, why they shouldn't legitimize her. Legitimize her is that the right word? Yeah. Doesn't mm-hmm. Sound right. Uh, no, right. I mean, I would say there's a re. I
5: mean, there's no reason to legitimize her though. I mean, it's like they don't, they don't need marriageable females that much. And I mean, he managed to get a pretty decent marriage for her without doing that. So I, you well, know, just because
1: Jamie does understand English.
5: <laughs> yeah well and you know there might be <laughs> there might be an aspect with, with Tywin too of not wanting to legitimize her in case it would turn out that Jer- Jerrion would show back up someday because you know he might want to have legitimate heirs um, with someone yeah, else and if Tywin had true. taken it upon himself to legitimize her, ba- his bastard that could interfere
0: well and I mean on, in theory I mean I know it's doomed because of what's going on but in theory the marriage he arranges for her is actually not a bad one no, it's not bad at all. You know, I mean, it's doomed because all those people are doomed, but you know. Hey.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean,
5: hey, hey Jamie, Jamie thinks it's it's marrying down for her. So
1: Well, Jamie thinks she's marrying a Westerling. I mean, she was going to marry a Frey and now she's getting a Westerling. So she actually is marrying like way up from what she would have.
5: Yeah. yeah. But Jamie still thinks it's down.
1: Yeah, well, of course. I mean, it is down. It's just, you know, not as far down. Hey. Okay. Oh, I could
0: have grouped these together. We got another secret targ question. No, uh, <laughs> we're all excited. I know. I can feel <laughs> the tension. Uh, this is from L. Tom One. Hey, ladies, I heard you were doing a Lannister family roundup, so I am lo- riding the Lannister train, secret targ shame train. Oh, I think that needs to be in our description. <laughs> don't train. judge me.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't judge it. A lot of valid arguments, but the two things that seem to seal it for me are the genetics of it. This one has to do with Jamie and Cersei. Jamie and Cersei are renowned for their for the beauty Prehand slam. Jamie <laughs> and binge drinking <laughs> rush Cersei. <laughs> Sorry, binge drinking sorority rush Cersei. Lannisters aren't really known for looks; they're known for being clever. Targs are known for their looks.
1: What about Joanna?
0: She was beautiful.
1: What about this Rosamund Lannister that's allegedly a lookalike for Marcella? Jenna so was finish. hot in her day. Let Just, me finish. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're rejecting your. <laughs> yes. i have not even done reading this poem. <laughs> <laughs> it's wrong. GRRM beats us over the head with genetics, and I have been searching through canon for twins. I have found four mentions of same sex twins, but the only sets of boy girl twins are from Targs. There were three mentioned. Maybe nothing, maybe something, who knows? What say you, O wise fairies of Phanemonium? That's us. Ah,
3: <laughs> oh, darn it. Did uh, you know what? I, they do have a point. Because wh- my one of my favorite female Targs, Jahera, is was one of those pairs that was like a boy-girl pairing of twins.
0: I thought the Lannisters were renowned for their looks.
5: Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, the golden hair. Well, I, I mean, there haven't been... Um, but there have been fraternal. T- I mean, fraternal twins or fraternal twins. It really doesn't matter what the sexes are. And there have yeah. been fraternal twins fairly recently in in the Lannister line. Actually, yeah. I think it was
1: Tywin's uncles, right? Yeah,
5: yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that I don't know that the twins are are necessarily a line of uh, support for the secret, the secret target theory. Unfortunately.
0: I mean, it's I, I I love the whole shame train thing. Don't get me wrong; I think that's a great phrase, but I don't like this. I don't like I mean, the I, idea of them of being secret targs.
5: It's, I love the idea. Much, if like anybody's like going to be secret targs, I would love it if it were Jamie and Cersei. But um, yeah, I I not the twins. The twins aren't a. I don't know that that's a good, a good defense of that
1: theory. I feel like we're veering in the Telenovala like area with that. Everyone's a secret targ.
5: Oh, no. <laughs> I mean there aren't that many secret Targs. John,
1: Tyrion Egan, Tyrion. <laughs> Tyr I mean <laughs> Egan isn't a
5: secret Targ though. I mean Aegon isn't a secret Targ um,
1: Well he isn't now but. Maybe Orain Waters Brienne <laughs> like everyone's a Targ. Varys I don't think he's a
5: Targ at all
1: i will mean. <laughs> just make shit up now
5: Oh, yeah, I forgot the Varus is a
0: secret targ. Moon
5: boy. Oh, yeah.
1: Kettle Went black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Pre-end. clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Anon. Twins run in the Lannister family. Will we see another set before the end of the series? Well, I think that assumes that they'll survive and that somebody's banging, so...
2: Only when Brienne has them. Ha.
4: <laughs>
0: Chicky's like, no. <laughs> All of the notes. Um, Another Anon. If Tyrion had been born beautiful like his brother, would he have been as intellectual? And if oh. Jamie had not been born beautiful, would he have exercised his other talents more? No.
1: Yes. Oh. No, I wait.
2: Okay, that's the first one first.
3: But what does – I'm kind of confused because I'm like what – you're kind of assuming that looks have something to do with your personality and what your personal interests
0: are. I think they can. I think they can too. I mean if you – and we've seen this. I've seen this done in in shows and books and stuff. If you're an attractive person, you can sometimes – I mean, attractive people get stuff done for them. They get away with things. They don't. They can coast on their looks sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Um, and if you have that going for you, maybe you're not going to be as driven to try other things, to try to work on other skill sets. Oh, I think heavy. that's what the question is. I'm not sure. Yeah,
2: it is. And it's hard to say. I mean, I'm applying it to Tyrion and Jamie, we can probably theorize on that, but generally everybody's an individual and what drives and motivates people is completely unique. But I think if Tyrion had been born more beautiful, I think he would have been out there fucking
1: more and maybe not
2: in the books so much.
1: (laughs) Or he would have I dunno, like he still would have been the child that, you know, caused whatever his mother's death. He still would have been the second son. He still you know, he still would have I think always felt like he had something to prove, and I don't think like his drive would necessarily completely go away. But if you're a, um, if you're a son in this world, the way you
2: prove yourself is by being good at combat. And Tyrion wasn't able to do that physically, so that's why he.
1: Well, went but for you the never books. hear about Tywin being like this huge, you know, combat genius. You hear and about him not. From his, his strategic genius. So, and he's not you know, even maybe, that. But I bet Bob you he could swing a him. sword. They all could, right? You could It's do. weird, like. I feel like if Tyrion were, this is going to sound weird, but I think it's true. I think if Tyrion would have been better looking, Tywin would have nurtured his education more, oddly enough. Like, he would have, like, would have driven him a little bit harder. I don't know, though,
2: because he would have wanted Jaime Mm -hmm. to be
1: the educated
2: one, knowing that he was the one that was going to inherit
0: Except that, you know what? I don't think it matters. Tyrion could have been gorgeous. He'd still be the one in Tywin's mind who killed his wife. I I, I don't think that would have changed. Yeah. I, think, I think that Tyrion is born a dwarf and is not attractive or... I mean, I think that's just, you know, the shit on Tywin's shitty Sunday. I mean... I don't think it would have mattered. I think to his mind, he would have thought this is the kid who killed his wife.
5: Yeah, I don't think it would matter to Tywin. I just think, number one, I mean, you know, his intelligence is going to be somewhat innate. I mean, I I believe in biology a lot with things like that. So I think think probably he would have been very intelligent still. But would he have been an intellectual is kind of a different question because that's pursuing, you know – more intellectual pursuits and i think if he were prettier i i kind of doubt that he would have i mean there's a you know that old cliche of you know when someone's telling you a boring story you can almost guarantee that they're a pretty person <laughs> or a bad joke yeah the world treats you differently when you're really good looking and and you don't get the same checks i think um on your person that 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 um, the not so good looking get. So I think it, I think you're shaped a little differently, and I think you operate a little differently. And I think um, if you make Tyrion um, beautiful, you would remove some of the things that kind of made him turn to his intellect. So I think it would definitely have an effect for sure. And as far as Jamie, um, if he had not been born beautiful, I think he still would have been into the swordplay. And honestly, that's how Jamie defines himself. You know, yeah. Jamie doesn't right. sit around and think about how beautiful he is. Certainly people have treated him differently because of that. But Jamie is very concerned about his swordplay. And he actually, you know, pursues it actively. And, you know, he he's earned, or at least he feels he's earned um, his, his um Title as, as one of the greatest swordsmen that ever lived. So, I, I I don't think it would change who he is very much. He'd still have all the power that he had growing up. He'd still have all the money, and and he would still be very talented. So, I mean, I really don't think it would change too much what he did with his life.
0: I agree. Well said. Okay. Okay, I'm not sure on this one, but I'm going to read it anyhow. This is an, an, an anon. Um, do you think Jamie might have been gay and out like Loras if his father wasn't Tywin Lannister and if he hadn't been caught up in the cess during his adult years? He's quite restrained around conventionally pretty women. <laughs> he has sex with someone who looks almost exactly like him. And he spends a lot of time admiring Brienne's more masculine attributes.
1: So he got his boner when he was admiring what? Exact masculine attributes of Brienne, <laughs> right? Her vagina. <laughs> well, I believe that's what he's boners.
0: focusing on. And Cersei's vagina, which is apparently—I yeah. mean, I-, I think if Cersei had been his twin brother, maybe we would have yeah, had he's something. He's literally
1: there.
2: comparing vaginas. He's not like <laughs> looking at her, thinking, "Man, this would be hot if it was a dick." No, he's thinking about Shh. vagina and boobs. Like <laughs> well,
5: this is what he's I thinking mean,
3: about. I, he,
5: it's not just them. There's Pia and,
1: and Hildy right. as yeah. well. Yeah, and. You know, boobs. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how much I mean, less gay he can be at that point. If, if I thought Jamie
5: were gay, I'd think he was gay. But I just don't see any evidence at all that he is repressing homosexual. Interests. I mean, I. First of all, if you think Jamie would rep- repress his homosexual interests if he had them, you're crazy because no, he wouldn't. <laughs> if he were gay, he would be fucking oh, yeah. guys, and probably everybody in the world would know it. Um, I, I just don't. I don't see. I don't see any of that. I think people get confused by the fact
1: That's that Jamie is is just like a is, subtle is, rip on Brienne actually. It
5: is. Well, it is a subtle rip on Brienne, but I think it's also people just get confused by the fact that Jamie is sexually faithful to Cersei and that Jamie doesn't because Jamie's hot, why doesn't he just sleep with all the women who throw themselves at him? And I think people just have a hard time understanding that aspect of his personality. There's no men like him. Well, it's it's a <laughs> personal me. thing. I mean, the thing is it's not <laughs> it's not that he's not attracted to women because he's attracted to women fairly regularly. Yeah. I think it's just that he he just he's just faithful doesn't sleep around. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not his thing. Even when he doesn't have anyone to be faithful to, he doesn't sleep around. He just yeah. he doesn't like to have sex he, casually. He has, like, and like that's that's maybe guy. unusual for hot guys that are, you know, straight, but it is his thing for some reason.
0: All right. It's one of the reasons I love him so much. <laughs> well, this next one ties together a little bit. Another anon is Lancel good in
5: bed?
3: No, oh no. god, no, nope. He's a boy. <laughs> Ask Cersei.
1: Why
5: he's not as good as Jamie. You? We know that. He's not. No as one's good as, as good as Jamie. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, could you imagine Cersei like instructing well, what, like a like young a f- virginal boy on how to make love? Like Ugh. Cersei giving guidance? Like this would never happen. Well, he's like
0: what, fourteen years old? Of course, he's not good in bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean the idea yeah no. i'm not gonna go on with it <laughs> we, i don't want to talk about this we don't want to get in trouble <laughs> I, well i'm not speaking for you know i'm not going there
3: <laughs> all right i uh, well i mean you have an opinion? Least, he, he's married to amy now so she yeah. would actually teach him some stuff she would saying. actually yeah. be a better teacher than well, she'd she be a
1: much better teacher yeah yes she would if he would uh, let her, which
0: I don't right, think he I will. <laughs> no. think he so, left her.
5: I think yeah. I think their marriage is being dissolved as we speak.
0: Yeah. So You know, I saw a prom still somewhere, bed. <laughs> and it never got filled, and I desperately want it now, which is their wedding night. <laughs> oh, God.
1: God. <laughs> which should be like, what, him crying, I feel like? Almost.
0: Well, praying praying I think it should corner. be from her. in the corner. Her POV going, well, he's good-looking. What? Okay, this could work. And then, you know, what the hell? Why is he praying? I don't understand. All these other men have wanted to sleep with me. Yeah. Oh,
1: That'd just be depressing.
0: I'll yeah, be why, would you,
2: why would you want to read this?
0: <laughs> it would be hysterical.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. A dramas understands, right? Yes. And if anything, it might actually even turn her more on, because then she'd be a challenge. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, I'm just gonna
0: say all of these questions that are left. There's two of them are from Anon. It's okay. Um, who do you think should inherit Casterly Rock? Tyrion. I don't get it. You don't get it? I mean, like, and what's I mean, like the people
5: who are inheriting it are inheriting it. I mean, like it's I'm Cersei's. Assuming... and it will go. It's not like it's not like it's not like we elect the the person who's going to inherit it. I mean, it's it's Cersei's, and it's going to go to her kids. I mean,
1: and then it'll go to Martin, and then. No. I was assuming, maybe it's one
0: of those questions where people, I, I honestly don't who know, do I'm making a guess should. here. It's not like, it's
2: not like who, who if will? If you
0: want House Lannister to go on and be successful, who would be the best person? I'm guessing is maybe what they wanted.
3: Oh, who would you pick? <clears throat> Me? Okay. Is that the question? Like, who would you pick if you got to choose a, Lan- a, a I'm Lannister? Guessing That's how I, I'm guessing, I'm I have no.
0: Uh-huh. I have no way of contacting this person, but that would be my, let's turn it into that. No, hmm. it's my magic kingdom. Um, I think Tyrion. Just like anybody in the world?
2: Oh. Let's, let's restrict it to Lannisters. Okay. <sighs> uh,
3: well, uh, I would find it very funny and hilarious, and I would love it if Joy Hill ended up like Queen of the Hill. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but Maggie the Frog. I don't know if we're going to go
2: all over the map with this. Oh wait, you said only Lannisters.
5: Yeah, I like it. Joy Hill. It should be Joy Hill. Yep, give it to her.
1: I'd just say Martin Lannister. You know, probably has the the backing of the family. Young enough to not be a dick, probably. Okay.
0: Our last question. Do you think George loves the Lannisters? Yes. Tyrion is his favorite, but do you think he also loves Jamie and Cersei? Yes. They're interesting,
2: yeah. multifaceted characters. What's
1: I mean, look love? at, you know, just look at Game of Thrones and look who has the top billing in the episodes. That kind of tells you who the, you know, who the more intriguing, bigger characters actually are. We think about the Starks, but the Lannisters are the stars of the show and the books.
5: I would show you two a feast for crows, which is pretty much the Jamie Cersei show.
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. with a sprinkling of Brienne, a heavy
5: sprinkling uh, of Bri- Brienne. Yeah. Yes, like no, of course George. Well, he. I think the thing you are looking for is George clearly loves writing. All of the Lannisters that he writes. I mean, you just can feel that he gets into it. And it's like the Jamie chapters, it's like the only thing that I think might have a chance of saving Jamie's life and at least keeping him alive into the last <laughs> book is I get the feeling that he might be enjoying writing Jamie more than anyone else at this point.
1: I feel like his Jamie chapters are. Jamie and Cersei are probably far and away the fastest chapters that he writes. And that That's probably. not like a. Not like a commentary on the quality of them. It's just you can see like this would be very easy to write compared to like a brand chapter, which has got to be really, really difficult. A plod, plodding along. Well, no, it's just area. they're so rich. Like there's so much richness in the language of it, where there's so much wit and cleverness in this in in the Jamie chapters, especially, that it would just roll off your hands. I think.
0: Yeah.
5: There's. Yeah, people, I mean, come on. Read those he, Cersei chapters, tell me he isn't having a blast.
1: Oh, yeah, no, and that's just, like, flat-out fun for him. Yeah. but
0: they're sort of easy to write, wit. and there's stuff where it's so much more complex. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. That'd be a good and, question that he might actually answer, though. Yeah, you know, it might be. On average, whose chapters are the fastest to write and whose are the slowest? Like, he... Probably he could said that. that the
5: slowest are like Bran and the kids. I think he okay. actually said yeah, he's, that they take He more said he effort. never
1: liked writing the kids stuff, right? Uh, Thought I read that that's so surprising much. because he writes really well. Like when you go back and do a reread of Game of Thrones, it's kind of striking how well he does like the voice of the kids. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe he had to try harder. Maybe
1: yeah. That's, oh, he wants well, it's also
2: like
0: <laughs> if you have an... It's like exposition or you have to set things up and certain characters probably require a lot more of that and a lot more like all the mysticism that's in the brand chapters. That's probably you got to be super careful what you yeah. say, what you don't reveal. Yeah.
1: Or Jamie think, and Cersei are such open books, really?
0: Well, they're not very, I mean, I love them, but it's not like there's tons of layers in there. And again, you're not having to worry. I mean, cause I'm assuming That at some point, when he finally does give us the next book, Before I Die, um, that there's going to be a lot more of that mysticism of the fantasy element. And that's all been set up. And I don't think most of that, unless we're dealing with the Maggie the Frog stuff, most of that doesn't seem to be present in the Jamie and Cersei chapters. So he doesn't have to worry about, oh, I said something I shouldn't have. Well,
1: I guess like Jamie's dreams, though. But I mean...
0: But even those, I mean, I I guess most of his chapters aren't like that. No. Most of his chapters are fairly, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to say simple, but, you know, there's not a ton there that you'd have to be very, very choosy with your words. So they'd be fun. And they're fun characters. I mean, there's not, you know, they're great to read. Okay. Okay. I think I hit most of the questions I had. I think we had a few more, but you guys are gonna tackle them in other episodes. Does anyone have any parting thoughts on House Lannister? Mm. Or did we do it to death? I love them. <laughs> They're
1: my favorite. I can't family. believe we didn't get to talk about Davin more, but <gasps> oh well. We could. Aww. No. <gasps> Family, Atlanta Family say? I dynamics Part two.
2: It's all about Davin. All about Davin. That sounds like a great. It'll sitcom. be five minutes long that episode.
0: <laughs> 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 and it'll
3: mostly be Guile. Yeah, yeah.
1: all me.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I should have like made up a question or something about him because he's fun. They're all fun. That's what well, I, I think. Love...
1: That's his thing. Is he's fun? Like the rest of them are. So
3: he's not as complicated. I mean... He's like. I think yeah. uh, my, the Lannister that I would want more information on is um, Tyric. Because, you know, he's missing. You don't know if he's dead mm-hmm. or not. And yeah, and he's then, included in every of those um,
0: cast of characters in all those books.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and he married a little baby. Yeah, that's right. What was it? Esmonod or something like that?
0: Irma Sand or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. Or Irma Sand.
5: Uh, what are the Lannisters? Parting thoughts on the Lannisters. I mean, I'll just say this. Um, A Song of Ice and Fire and definitely Game of Thrones wouldn't be what they are without the Lannisters. And that's not just Tyrion. That is the whole fucking bunch of them. They are actually the thing that makes the story. I mean, as much as I love some of my Starks, they're, they're much more um, interesting. Uh, <laughs> well well I was I I would just say well traveled roads for fantasy whereas when you get into the Lannisters you're you're somewhere that you don't get a lot in in classic fantasy fiction and and I I, I love that. I think the Lannisters are really the thing that that makes Song of Ice and Fire what it is.
3: I mean a lot of people they're the antagonists and they're very interesting antagonists when you compare them with other houses that are like main characters in this series. So they we're not you... even antagonists, really <laughs> oh i i a lot of people regard them as antagonists though. I know they do
5: i ju- i just have never i never i mean i don 't see them that way at all i think they're i think it's one of the kind of beauties of george 's world is I think the actual antagonist is the world itself, and um i I view the way that he he kind of lets you kind of winnow your way into the Lannisters through Tyrion as george saying that he feels the same way it's like he he kind of has to slowly bring you into this concept of hey there really isn't a bad guy here it's just that everybody has their own um ambitions and their own goals
0: all right i think we've we've done this to death do we have any mail
1: we do we have a new itunes review yay um what? It's called "Love These Ladies." It's from RJ Love twenty five
4: forty
1: four. Oh, it says "Love These Ladies." Sober, but my friend played the drunk cast on a recent trip. We laughed for the entire <laughs> drive. I'm hooked on them now. I want to send them rum so they can do another. Oh, <laughs> oh God, God. Be throwing <laughs> like up all over the place. It's <laughs> <that's laughs> like the best review ever. Um, that I can, is awesome. you know. If Message you're going to be on Tumblr, I'll give you my address. Yeah. You can send the rum. If you're going to send me, like, booze, I'll
2: take a nice Melbeck or a Cab Sav.
5: God. <laughs> we should We should mention that um, Dramas is drinking out of a red Solo cup right now, so there may be rum in play as we speak. Yeah. We don't know.
4: I have
2: no idea
5: what
4: you're talking about.
2: she downs
1: her another cup of st- whatever that is. <clears throat> um, We got a uh, email from Nyx, who says... I've had a theory for some time about what Kyburn is doing with his exclusively female victims with regard to Robert Strong. As noted in this podcast, Kyburn uses terms such as exhausted and used up to describe their condition. It is also claimed of Robert Strong that no living man will be able to withstand him. Furthermore, in Brand's dream, he sees a giant in armor made of stone, but when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. I, like many, believe this to be Robert Strong, and thick black blood reminds me of nothing so much as a bad period. Oh God! (laughs) If there was (laughs) ever a (laughs) time (laughs) I (laughs) could (laughs) kill, (laughs) this (laughs) all (laughs) leads (laughs) me (laughs) to believe (laughs) that Kyber is tapping pure feministic pain and rage that, of course, no man could withstand. Oh God! (laughs) What? I like it. (laughs) We got black blood. Get thee to a gynecologist. That's the best. <laughs> so oddly enough, Kyburn is apparently very good at. So maybe there is something to it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> not only <both>. so. <laughs> We're not going for it.
0: I, it's out there. I've never heard anything <laughs> like that before.
2: My uh, te- uh, Tywin wanting, to, or Tyrian wanting <gasps> to fuck Cersei's not so far
1: off now, is it, after that one, guys? <laughs> it's all about the that. Between f- Human Centipede, it's, like, just beautiful. It's just,
5: like, yeah, Qyburn's really just tapping into the feminine mystique.
4: He's
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying
2: um, to cure yeah. cramps.
1: Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Qyburn, always thinking of the ladies. Uh-huh. <laughs> We got a couple messages from Allison Westeros. Um, she says, Be still my heart, ladies. Y'all are my favorite. I stumbled Aww. upon you last fall, furiously researching Jamie and what a lucky girl I was to find you. I love Jamie and Brienne, but had no idea what a shipper was, much less that there's a community of JB shippers. Match made in heaven, them and us. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for the super-duper fun and let you know I'm here. I'm trying to learn Tumblr, but I'm a bit of a Tumblr bumbler right now. So I'll get there. Or just don't go there. Um, I almost <laughs> lie, <worth> a comment. <laughs> I'm listening to back episodes and look forward to hearing your laughs and thoughts each week. Oh, and I never appreciated Cersei in the way I do now, thanks to you guys. Comedy Gold uh, and Cersei plus Kyburn equals BFFs forever. <laughs> so then I could tell that Alice was was going through um some of the old old episodes. So she sent us a message on Tumblr. Oh my goodness, I just listened to Drunk Cast twenty fourteen. <laughs> And Clothos with the hot pie is pee-pee pants funny. I <laughs> kept putting it over and over. Hot pie. I almost feel guilty oh about God. this,
2: like, message, because it's like, welcome to the end of your life. I had it life once before Jamie and Brian. <laughs> I'm
5: so sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry, no, too.
3: No, no. I'm, like, I'm come so join it. us. One of us. <laughs>
1: One, she could a us. Drug. One a of a us. One of us. Resolution, though, you know, like it could all be over. Whereas, true, well, like, Chicky, you've been in this like for you know years and I years and years. I just want out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling her back in. It's um, hotel California. Just, we did get, um, <laughs> you know, we got a couple. Of, we got a message from an anon about um, our Cersei Robert up. Ep- Cersei Robert. Well, essentially, our Cersei Robert episode last week, and I just wanted to. Um, it's going to require a bit of a more in-depth response, I think. So we are going to cover it in our next Cersei episode, which um, will be next week. All right. Oh yeah, baby. Anything exciting happening this week coming up, or anything? Um,
5: well, we we might get a we might get a fucking trailer, right? What's your What's your prediction again, Gail? Next our oh, first uh, season six trailer. The fourteenth before vinyl. Oh, the fourteenth. I don't think that's what she was alluding to. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm I'm pretty sure (laughs) she's talking about our one hundredth episode live spectacular extravaganza palooza
5: thing. Who cares about that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I care. We did test runs. It was fun.
5: God, it was so much fun. Like we are doing. Like, do people understand? We are doing like a live text chat while we basically podcast live, which is both hilarious and terrifying yeah and it is looking like it's gonna be either the most awesome thing ever or the most awesome thing ever i
2: was gonna go but yeah we're getting like
5: live interaction it is the greatest thing that's ever happened it's also terrifying it's really
2: you know what's really cool is just seeing those names pop into the room but you've been getting like messages from for what two years we've been doing this now. yeah yeah i was like whoa so it's to see odd. names and to
5: like hear back from them right away, how they're reacting to the shit that we're yeah. seeing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is the terrifying part. So it's, um, this coming Friday, February 5th, uh, 10 PM Eastern time starting. And, um, you can time. find all the details of where to find us on Tumblr and Twitter. Um, also our Twitter is a lot more active. You might want to follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Guile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, are are you ready for
1: polls and stuff
0: now? <laughs> yeah, are you ready for me to do our clothes? Cuz I actually wrote it out with all the correct addresses. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my god. god. Tell us more. You're so professional, Tom. <laughs> I'm terrified is what I am. <laughs> If you would like to find out about our alcohol preferences or send us a message, you can at close the door and come here at tumblr.com or at close the door and gmail.com. And as Guile just said, we are also on Twitter at door podcast. And I actually don't do much with Twitter, but I went and I did the poll because it was cool. And you should too. Uh, Please like, and review us on iTunes as it really helps new listeners find the podcast. And lastly, please consider supporting us on Patreon. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash close the door. And thank you to our Patreon supporters. And thank you, everyone. Oh, my God. I got through the special episode. Yay! And
1: come again. <laughs> 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 She's retiring. <laughs> Just kidding. That's no, it. no, no. We're
2: never letting you go. <laughs> Hotel California. She said it first. Right.
0: <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.